Thanks for listening to the 242 Young Adults Podcast with Pastor Justin Corkum. Our prayer is that this message will be an encouragement to your life in Christ. We're starting a new series in the book of Jonah. So if you want to turn your Bibles to the book of Jonah. You guys didn't see that coming, did you? We're going to start and, and we'll be going through this verse by verse. So, uh, so over the next couple of weeks and into the summer, we'll be going through this book. Um, and I, I believe that God is going to speak to all of us through the passages in this book, through the story of this prophet's life, uh, a moment in his life. And so uh, I'm excited. So we'll begin at chapter 1, verse 1, because it just feels right. It says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them that he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them. And they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. O Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. O Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. God, we just come to you tonight 
recognizing just the power of your word, recognizing the power of scripture. And, and I just pray that tonight you would just speak through your word, that you would be glorified, that the message that you've put on my heart would just be communicated the way that you desire for it to be communicated, that every person in this room uh, would be able to take something away tonight from this message. They'd be able to take something away that would challenge them in their walk with you, O oh God. And I just ask that ultimately, above everything else, Lord, that we would be changed tonight. That you would speak to us in some way. And that we would walk out of this building different. And so we just give you tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. We began this series talking about a couple things. And, and for those that might be here for the first time, everything for the sake of one really uh, was a mission that God just kind of placed in my heart at the beginning of the year. And we began this journey talking about what it means to value and pursue the lost. We talked about what it means to love God. We talked about what it means to love others. We talked about uh, even how prayer impacts our ability to make a difference for the kingdom of God and, and praying powerful prayers. And so tonight we're going to continue with that in mind, the idea behind this, and as we go through this story, just to kind of understand that as we go through it, it really is to identify and learn from Jonah. And so tonight I really want to talk about selflessness. And how many know you can you can learn from anybody, right? And, and you can learn something from someone because of a positive aspect. And you can also learn something from somebody because of a negative aspect, right? There, there are things that, you know, for example, you, you know, you have parents, your parents weren't perfect. But how many have learned lessons from your parents the good things that they've done that you want to replicate in your life, maybe the, the things that you saw with maybe unhealthy consequences or, or things that they did that caused um, things that you wouldn't want to see happen in your life, you still learned from those individuals in your life or maybe friends or something like that. And so we're talking about selflessness. And so this is sort of what they call an anti-sermon. So in order to learn what selfless, uh, selflessness is, we're going to really talk about tonight and identify just how to not be selfish, learning from a person who was selfish. And believe it or not, that's Jonah. And we're going to be honing in on a prophet of God and, and seeing a moment in his life when he walked out in selfishness and what that meant for the people around him, what that meant for his relationship between him and God, and what that means for us. And so lessons, lessons that we can learn from the story of Jonah. The first is that a selfish heart runs from God's calling. A selfish heart runs from God's calling. If you look at verse 1 in verse 2, it's important to just identify the fact that God is always calling us to act. All right, so you have this scene 
where Jonah, he's familiar with God. Jonah is a prophet. Obviously, he is called by God to be that. I mean, you would identify him being a prophet as like his life purpose, just as you being you know, a believer in Christ is your life purpose. But I really want to focus in on the fact that there is, there's more than just, you know, when we say the call of God, sometimes we just imagine like a job description sort of thing. The call of God. So for example, at least people that I know and I went to college with, and, and I feel like ministers do this a lot. Like, what's God called you to? You know, they ask that, oh, what's, what's God called you to? Oh, God's called me to young adults. He's called me to worship. Okay, like, what does that mean? Oh, God's called me to children and, and, and youth. All right, what is, so we, we put these tags or, or these callings. We start, sort of look at it as like a job description that God gives. But here, God is calling Jonah, but it's a, it's a, it's a daily call. He, his life calling, his life purpose is to be a prophet, a representative of God speaking on behalf of of God to the people, but in this moment, God is calling him to do something. God's calling him to go speak a word. God's calling him, to, you know, and prophets, did this happened to prophets all the time, go to this place, say this thing, go go here and say this, say this, do this. There's some crazy, some, some crazy things that prophets in the Bible were called to do. And on a daily basis. And that's really what I want to kind of talk about. I mean, for us, there are times when God will call us to something daily. The callings of God. You're a believer, all right? Uh, and, and maybe you're not. Maybe there are some in this room that, that don't know the Lord. But I'll tell you, he's still calling you. He's calling each and every one of us into relationship with him to be identified, yes, as a child of God, to be identified in relationship with Jesus Christ. But inside of that, inside of that life purpose, inside of that calling are going to be daily callings of God. Pray for this person. Give financially to this person. Give your, your time to sow into this individual. Speak into this person's life. Give them this word. Those daily callings of God. And this is what Jonah experienced. God gave him a, a, a calling to do something for him. And it's, you know, God's word is, is, is more than just information, right? When you look at Jonah, he was a prophet. Many believe he most likely had memorized the first five books of the Bible. He had it in him. He knew the information. But he didn't, he didn't walk in it. And I mean, that's, that's like us sometimes. We can, we can know the information of the Word of God. We can know what the Bible says about something. Well, I know that the Bible, you know, I know the Bible says this about, you know, sexual impurity. I know the Bible says this about anger. Well, I know that it says this about jealousy or unforgiveness. I know what the Bible says 
about that, but do we walk in it? I mean, on the flip side, there are promises in the Word of God. Like, we could know what the Bible says about our peace. We can know what it says, you know, about our, our provision, our healing, our deliverance. But do we walk in it? The Word of God is powerless in our life if we do not respond to what it calls us to and to what it promises us. I mean, I think about it like this. If, if I had this letter that I found, and on this letter, as I read it, it gave detailed instructions to how I could find $10 million. Treasure hunt. And I began to examine the intricacies of this letter. I began to study every single word. I began to identify every step to the point that I had it so much in me, I had it memorized. And if somebody was to take it away, if someone was to burn it, if I was to lose it, that I could recount every single aspect of it verbatim. But if I never followed the steps to find that $10 million, the physical benefit that I have inside here is of no use to me. That we could have things memorized, we could have it in us, we could understand the intricacies of the word of God, the intricacies of, of what the Bible says, the theology in the background, but if we do not move, if we do not take a step forward to where that theology becomes reality, then we're missing the point. We're missing the physical and the spiritual benefit of the information that we have in us. It's more than just information. It requires us to respond. And so that's a good question. How do we respond to his callings? The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. The word of the Lord came to him. Verse 3, we see how he responds. Jonah got up, and he went in the opposite direction. His response wasn't one of, of, of going the direction in which God was calling him. It was actually the complete opposite. And, you know, it's funny. When you read this, right, you read this passage, you're like, the Lord said to Jonah, go tell these people. I'm going to judge them. I've seen how wicked they are. And Jonah's like... I'm going to go the other direction. And at first glance, you would be like, oh, that's so nice, Jonah. Like God's, God's going to go judge these people, and, but you don't want to go there. You don't, want to, you, don't want to, you don't want God to judge them. You're so nice. And we'll, I mean, we'll get there in, in the book of Jonah eventually, but you find out that his, his motives for fleeing in the opposite direction were not for the sake of the people. He could have cared less about the people in Nineveh. And so Jonah responds with a personal preference instead of a biblical principle. The biblical principle that he should have responded with was obedience. And it's funny because Deuteronomy 11.1, 1, which he would have had memorized because it's part of the first five books of the Bible, it says this, you must love the Lord your God and always obey his requirements, decrees, regulations, and commands. 
God, God gives a command. It was, a, it was in his head. He had the head knowledge. But the response was opposite. He went the opposite direction. He went down to the port of Joppa and he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. That's a funny word to say. Tarshish. Every time I, I feel like I'm not saying it right when I say it right. It's the kind of word it is. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape the Lord by sailing to that city. Look, I want to give you a little bit of background for his personal preference. I'm not mad at him for not wanting to go. I mean, when you begin to sort of study the people of Assyria and the people of Nineveh, as I was looking into uh, some of the information, the Assyrians, which was, Nineveh was a city in Assyria, and, uh, or rather an Assyrian city, but they were known for being brutal torturers. A lot of people actually believe that Jonah might have had family that were killed by the Assyrians, which would have explained some of the hostilities. But I just want to explain to you just how vile they were. Uh, they were known for impaling their enemies on stakes in front of their own towns, hanging heads of their captives from the trees in the king's garden, hacking off noses, ears, fingers, gouging out eyes, tearing off lips and hands, and even lining the walls of their city with the skin of their victims. I mean, we're talking about vilely depraved people. I, when you start to kind of know the sort of people that they are, you might kind of be like, God, I mean, Jonah was pretty justified. And I think we could look at it like that. But I also think that another angle that we can look at it from is the grace and compassion of God. That you could look at a people group like this, vile and depraved as they were, and still see God giving them one last chance to repent, one last chance to turn to him. And it's an example of, of his mercy and his grace. And when you look, even in the book of Mark, I, I think about in chapter 2, how Jesus said that he, he came for the sick and not the healthy. He came for the sinner. And you see God's heart, and we'll, we'll dive into this aspect of it in the coming weeks. But I think that you also see that Jonah decided beforehand who he thought God should save and, and shouldn't. Based, and we do this sometimes. Sometimes we, we decide who God should save and who he shouldn't based on how comfortable we are with engaging those individuals. Well, you know, this person should, you know, they should, uh, I don't know, they kind of are a little crazy for me. I don't really know if I feel comfortable going over there and telling that person. Uh, so maybe I, I won't tell them about Jesus. I'll just kind of wait 
for a nice, like, quiet person to come along and they look normal and, you know, I'll, I'll tell that person about Jesus. And, and we pick and choose sometimes. And, and I think what this does, what we see here when God just shows this love towards this vile, depraved people is it, it allows us to see the heart of God for every person. And you begin to see that Jonah is missing out on this because of selfishness. That he's missing out on the heart of God because of his own selfishness. He gets up and he goes in the opposite direction. And I love this, he's trying to get away from the Lord. You know, again, selfishness sometimes can make us do some stupid things. He's a prophet, right? Like he, He's got the word of God in him, possibly, you know, many believe he had it memorized. You would think he would know that you can't escape God's reach. But yet he's like, oh, no, I think I'll go to Tarshish. That sounds like a good idea. Maybe I can outrun the Lord. Because that's what Jonah sounded like. I just want to show you real quick. This is how far, like, he was 2,500 miles. Like, he was trying to get the heck away from Nineveh. Like, as far as he possibly could. You're looking at Spain right there. Like, that's about as far west as, as the world conceivably, like, knew at that, at that time, pretty much. And so you're, you're looking at a pretty long haul here. And it's funny, I think sometimes we think that a change in location will change what God has called us to. So we think sometimes that a, a distance, distance will, will change what God has called us to. You ever, you ever see that? You're going through something. Maybe God's calling you somewhere that you don't really feel comfortable. God's leading you in a direction that just doesn't suit your fancy. And so all of a sudden, it's like, well, distance. Let me just put a little bit of separation between me and, and, and what God was calling me to. Let me just put a little bit of separation between me and, and the group that, that I go to church with. Like, let me just put a little separation. And, and we see that, that gradual progression where, and I've seen it in ministry, I've only been in ministry under five years, and, and you see that when a, person, when a person is beginning to be challenged to go a direction, whether it be from, from a leader or whether it be from the Lord himself, that the number one thing they do to avoid going in the direction they know they should do is create distance, separation whether it's distance from accountability, distance from community. They separate from the very thing that they need the most. And my heart is that even tonight, maybe somebody in this room is running. Right now, you even came in today and you are creating that distance. You are saying, God, I, I know what you're calling me to. but I don't want to go that way. I really want to do my thing. And this is God getting a hold of you. This is God speaking through his word. Don't create that distance. 
We hope that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more about 242, you can email Pastor Justin at jcorkum at manchesterassembly.org. You can also tweet us at 242NH. Again, that's T-W-O-42-N-H. Or on Facebook, you can look us up under 242 Young Adults. We look forward to your feedback, and we'll see you next time.